johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. guys we are back for another edition of sports insider radio we're going to just start calling it the john and mike show because it is the john and mike show we've been doing this now going on eight nine years going back in the database i'm gonna have to check and see how many actually shows we have archived online mike let me just tell you right now we have 378 shows archived online once a week, this is the 379th show. Think about that. You've been with me literally since the beginning. You take 379, you divide it by 52. That is 7.2 years straight on the radio. That is, and we were doing it before we even archived it. Boom, seven years in a jiffy. Never missed a show through the pandemic when there was nothing but international soccer and uh, Chinese baseball, and here we are getting ready to rock and roll one, not even one week, a few days away from the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. We'll break down the Super Bowl. But let's talk about, uh, well, what do you want to talk about? Let me talk to me about Lamar real quick. Any Lamar updates? Well, so far, from the last that I heard, um, they're saying they're about $100 million away from the target. He's, that's it? That's it. That's it. He's looking to get um, a $200 million guaranteed. Uh, from what I heard from the front office, they're, right now they're at $100 million guaranteed. So, again, it, it's really tough to say because the credibility of these reports, it, it's just coming from um, the different writers that I follow, that I respect. But at the end of the day, it's all speculation. Uh, I think they're going to wait to make a decision. I know they haven't signed an offensive coordinator quite yet. They're waiting for the Super Bowl to finish because they're looking at Eric Bieniemy, which is the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Um, I, I think will be a really good fit to have a dynamic passing offense. Because as much as we say, you know, he came out of college, Lamar, you know, he's a running back, not a quarterback. He really hasn't had any talent around him at the wide receiver position. He's had a very good tight end. He's had a very good running game. But when it came down to it, we could never farm the receivers from the draft. Every time we get a trade, we're always getting a, an, a veteran that is just old and has passed his prime. 
and no primetime receivers ever wanted to come here because they weren't getting the ball. The type of offense that we were running for the Roman offense, which stemmed from the the Harbaugh tree from San Francisco, it was, again, Colin Kaepernick ran that offense when they went to the Super Bowl, and, and then they came over here because, you know, the Harbaugh brothers kept it inside the family. They came here, and the first year he was incredible. We set all sorts of records. Lamar had an MVP season. We won a lot of games. We lost in the playoffs, but then just like the NFL, you know, we always call it not for long. They weren't able to evolve, and what transpired from that was three years of mediocrity since then, injuries big word, obviously big played word, a big, big role. Word, big word, mediocrity. yeah, and, uh, and and you know, and that's where we were. And I, I'm glad they finally cut ties with him. I think it's definitely time for a change. If you're going to sign Lamar and you're going to give him the money, you have to have a new scheme. Which again, I mean that that's the the really cool part about these new age quarterbacks is if you give them a brand new offense where the defenses cannot adjust to it and they don't know. Just from his athleticism alone, he's going to be special for the next couple of years. Now, if you have a really good offensive coordinator that can evolve and continuously, you know, be dynamic, which I believe that Eric Bieniemy, I think to me as a fan, is the number one choice. I mean, he's got Andy Reid behind him for so many years. He's got the ability to have a very diverse playbook. So, you know, I'm excited about that. I mean, I know it's the Super Bowl and we should be talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles. But we have plenty of time. We have plenty, we have plenty, we got of, plenty time. of time. I think the draft, we have a, you know, for, for once not making the playoffs, we have a decent draft position. I think they're either going to go corner or they're looking at that guy from TCU, the receiver, who's pretty big. But again, it's just, it's so hit or miss taking these receivers from college, I mean, at least with us, we're just we've never been successful. I can't remember the last time we actually drafted a receiver that was a stud. A lot of guys are decent number twos, but you know, it's it's coming along. I do believe we have a very good nucleus on offensive line and defense. If we could get Lamar signed, I just don't see where this team goes if we get rid of Lamar. It's going to be a rebuilding type year, maybe a couple years until we either sign a quarterback or you know, get one from the draft. But again, that's a crapshoot. It's like you see it for so many years. So many franchises try to go to the well. They go to the draft. They, you know, guys, you know, we go back even to the Jets. I mean, they, Zach Wilson was supposed to be the next big thing. They drafted him super high and look, look at him now. He's not even there anymore. He didn't even start half the games with a, with a defense that could have easily taken them to the playoffs. So, you know, it, in the in the realm of what I want versus you know I'm not a general manager, I don't have to make these big decisions. Thank God, um, but I do believe the franchise itself has the potential to make the right choices, and and hopefully they we have a good draft as well, and we compete because the Bengals aren't going anywhere. Um, the Browns probably will be better next year because they have the whole off season with the Sean Watson. They'll rebuild. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are, you know, they were right there, even though they were having an off year. They, they're a couple players away from, from really from really being decent. So there, there's no time to sleep in our division. There's no time to sleep in the AFC. You have guys like Mahomes every year is going to be there. Josh Allen, the Bills are going to be there every year. This is the next decade. 
you have uh, the Chargers who have Herbert that are potentially up there every year. So it's the division is very, very tough. Um, the AFC is very, very tough. So I hope they keep him. I love Lamar. I've always been on his side. I do believe he's a good passer and a good player and a winner. And if you actually give him some really good wide receivers on the outside, I mean, we could be that 2000 and I think 18, right before, uh, right before, um, the COVID where we had that exceptional year. So hopefully we have, we have a good, you know, good little recruiting class coming, uh, from the draft, uh, the, the actual, uh, trades, I think, think, um, it opens up, I think mid March is when, um, free agency opens. So if we get to that point and when we're at a, a position where we could splurge on a couple, hopefully a good receiver, I got my fingers crossed. I know I'm just going to put it out to, into the universe. Maybe a Hopkins from Arizona. I would love him. Um, I mean, D Hop is just a stud. We need that Anquan Bolden type. You know, can go up. Don't need a guy that can stretch the field. We have guys that are they're burners, but we need a guy that can go over the middle or can run a 15 yard out and catch the ball in a very large radius. And Hopkins is the best at that still even after sitting out half the year with um, with a suspension. So he's not young. He's probably past his prime. But, you know, Anquan Bolden wasn't in his prime either when he came here. Oddly, they both would be coming from Arizona, which is unique. So hopefully I got my fingers crossed that that's like a, uh, a gift. If we could sign Lamar and somehow get him. Um, I know there's been talks. Uh, I'd be very excited. So. That's all I got on the Ravens talk, John. All right, well, let's talk about the Super Bowl, and then we'll bounce around since it's uh, free form here today. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. I was driving in, listening to Howard Stern as he's uh, live three days a week, and as, as everybody knows, that's who I listen to. I don't listen to any sports talk radio. And he mentioned the Super Bowl. And um, he mentioned that he was going to bet on Rihanna, uh, if she was going to hold the umbrella, it was one of the prop bets that you could actually make for her song umbrella. Um, um, umbrella, umbrella. Remember that yeah. song? Yeah. So there's, you can actually bet on that. Will she be holding an umbrella or not? So let's talk about the insanity first of all of the Super Bowl. I'm looking at a news release here. It is expected with the legalization of wagering in 37 jurisdictions. So for everyone listening, 36 states have online uh, legal wagering plus Washington, D.C. So we're talking about over 50%, well over 50% of the states in the union. Let's talk about 20% of all American male adults will bet on the Super Bowl. That is insane, 20%. When you talk about the money being wagered on the Super Bowl this year, this is the really the first year where I would say it's full-blown legal everywhere. And again, uh, not to mess, you know, not to talk politics. Um, you know, again, if you live in a red state and you're listening to this from a different geographic location, we apologize that Republicans don't want to make revenue off sports wagering. Don't expect it anytime soon. But with that being said, the rest of the country is all in. And in Phoenix, Arizona, where sports wagering is legal. It looks to me like they're predicting a total of 16 
billion with a B bet on the game. Sixteen billion with a B. So we are talking about insane amounts of money on this one game of which is a professional better professional syndicates don't really care about the game so the question that i have for you mike is why does everyone care about this game i mean i don't care about the game and I, we live 45 you do. minutes uh, you do. i really you do. i really don't i, I want to see if she's going to hold the umbrella that's all i care about I don't care. Well, I not, don't care. The thing is, the thing is, I'm the Scrooge. I'm the gambling Scrooge. I wouldn't. It's not even that. You're just not really a fan of the game. You don't. You didn't play football, so that takes away some of it. And when you're not an, well, actual, I don't believe twenty percent of American adults played football. Well, maybe not, but they have kids that play football. They're they're coaching their kids. They may have tried it in high school. Yeah, if you got lucky and you were good enough, you made it to college. And if you were really lucky and you were good enough, you made it to the pros. And so the the excitement of that one game, because again, it's it's one and done, just like the World Cup. Internationally, people love the World Cup. Why? Because once you get to those elimination rounds, one to get there is like the playoffs. You have to you have to win to get in the World Cup unless you're the host country. Then once you're in it, you have a, a cool format where it's in the group stage. Again, every game matters. And then it's one and done. And that's why there's, when we were watching, I remember you even watched the final and you said, man, this is one of the best soccer games I've ever seen. And I literally heard that from so many new fans that don't watch soccer that happen to watch a game the morning of NFL Sunday, because, you know, ironically, because of the weather in Qatar, they had it in the fall versus the winter. So, I mean, sorry, they had it in the, in the fall versus the summer and you know, it's, it, it gets that notoriety. So same thing with the Super Bowl. It's a time to host friends. It's a time to basically do the Super Bowl squares. And you have people that traditionally don't bet that will bet on the Super Bowl. Same thing with the tournament and March Madness. People that don't bet will fill out brackets. That's why there's free brackets. And then it stems up into other types of things that you could do. Like when we were in Vegas, um, you know, me, I was always excited. Whoever scored the first 15 points um, in a college basketball March Madness tournament, the, the whole casino erupted. You're like, I don't understand. It's 10, 15. Uh, sorry, it's 9, 15 in the morning. Why are people screaming that the wagers won? I'm like, yeah, the, the, t- the team scored 15 points, right? So, um you know, the notoriety behind it, the 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 buildup, you know, I still don't think they should do this whole two-week, you know, gap in between. Just do it the following week. What's the point? I mean, we saw the Pro Bowl last week. It was probably not that I expected any different, but it was horrible. I mean, nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. I mean, it's wait, wait, it, it was again. cool. You said you, wait, wait, you said you saw the Pro Bowl last week. I didn't even know it existed, so you just mentioned it to they, me. They don't even do the Pro Bowl anymore. They did a... They did a flag foot. They did three different flag football games, and all the events counted toward the end score of the AFC versus NFC. I mean, look, they tried a different format. I still had it on as like background noise, but it wasn't something that I'm into. So it was cool to watch. If you're a fan of the actual players, and it's you know it's cool to watch these insane athletes do these you know crazy things like dodgeball and. 
um, longest drive in, in golf. They had the longest drive for these NFL players. So, I mean, it was cool as like something, the excitement, but in terms of sharps, sharps aren't betting the pro bowl. Sharps aren't betting player props with the pro bowl, but if they could find edges, I'm sure they do. I mean, I know our friend, David Miller, uh, he's not a big prop better, but I've met guys and syndicates um, in the last six months that are exploiting props. I mean, they are making a killing exploiting in-game props on players. And that was never my forte. I remember you came to me a couple years ago, well, probably four or five years ago, and you were like, well, can we, is there any way we could get into the, this is the FanDuel DraftKings when it was just still tournaments, not the, the, the daily wagering. The sports books weren't available yet. Like, is there any way that we could find groups? I, I had no idea. I didn't know that there was a way you could get into it from a prop angle in game or pregame, not without the tournaments, but to be able to find market edges. And there's a lot of people that do it. There's a lot of people that exploit it, but unfortunately, these books don't play fair. I mean, I, it, it's, it's still astounding to me that at the end of the day, you know, when we were growing up, we just assumed that, you know, these, these books are in Vegas would have 50% of the action here and they would move the line to basically level it out and they would just get that big in between and they were happy with it. That's not the case anymore. These guys only these legal books like FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, MGM, and I could, there's hundred behind those. They only want recreational betters. They don't want sharp money. They don't want people to beat them and they do everything in their power to limit you Without saying you're you're banned here, you're basically limited to betting fifty dollars a game. I mean, if you know going into it as a better that you have that stacked against you, why would you not try to do it professionally? You know you can't win if you're doing it recreationally, unless you're that crazy, you know, hit a parlay crap that people are, you know, post on social media that they they put up a hundred bucks and they won a hundred thousand. That's just like somebody winning the Powerball. There's always somebody that wins, right? But for how many losers aren't there? So, you know, this business has opened up my eyes that there is a lot of sharp groups, and we'll get into it later in the show, where they are absolutely pounding soccer. They are. We'll, we'll talk about it now. They're yeah, pounding they want, soccer. We can, you can get into it now. Are they betting, are they betting the main... La Liga, Real Madrid versus Barcelona because it's on TV? No. Chile Premier League, Egypt Super League, Honduras. I mean, this is just off the top of my head of this past weekend. The secondary league in Germany, Bundesliga. The secondary league in La Liga. You know, they're, they're exploiting those soft markets where they are getting a huge closing number edge before the game closes. And I have clients text me, man, you gave it out at, you know, at this number and it, it moved the whole, you know, goal. I'm saying, that's the point. That's what we're trying to do. Why are we giving you games three days in advance? We're not giving it to you because we just like the game. We like the price. And, and you've been preaching that on your betting as a business tutorials for free. Well, how long is, how long ago was that video? I, mean, I did that years? video with, uh, with Brian in 2005. Wow. Right. And it's, but people back then, they didn't really know. 
you could tell them, uh, and they you 15, could tell them I'm as sorry, a business. 15, 15, 15, 15. But when you were telling clients in 16 to treat your betting as a business, you were getting a lot of pushback, right? Well, it was a different world, man. It was all credit, and it was all local guys, and then it was the people that flew to Vegas. So, you know, if you watch my video that I did yesterday, and by the way, for all the listeners, I'm redoing my website. I'm, I'm really excited about the relaunch. There'll be a little bit of some surprises on the, the, the relaunch of my website, johnsyndicate.com. Let's just say it's a, a birthday present to myself. Uh, think of it like a virtual book slash website, little biographical nitty gritty that a lot of the hardcore clients know about. But uh, I'm going to share with the world because, hey, why not? And, you know, back to sharing that with the world is that, you know, I've been doing this so long that the pushback has always been, it's easier, look, let's let's use markers in Vegas. Uh, let's just be specific and use that as a correlation. It's much easier to play at the tables if you have a marker and you're signing for it and you have 30 days to pay. I don't want to get into the specifics of the the, the out-of-Vegas wagering, but it's easier to play with less fear and less emotion and be over leveraged because you're basically getting, you're getting margin on a marker. And unfortunately what I'm finding with the legalization of these 36 States is that if you watch my YouTube video that I did yesterday, um, my two seven video today's two eight at two Oh seven PM East, I'm talking about how does, what does it really take to be successful in sports wagering? And basically, I came up with a mathematical formula, and I'll sh- share it here, Mike. You take your salary or your, 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 your income, whatever that is in your regular walk of life. Let's say it's 100000 a year. You want to have 10% posted up, not a penny less. That's it. You want to, if your goal, and then your goal should be very, very realistic trying to make 5% a week over a course of 52 weeks with the good weeks and the bad weeks. The biggest problem that we have about treating the betting as a business is that it can never be a business if it's underfunded. It can never be a business if it's based on exotic, high-level parlays that people brag about that don't care on social media. It can be a business if you're playing golf and you expect to hit 10% 10% of your wages in an annual basis and lose the other 90%. It can be a business with a small bankroll if you're willing to play my underdog system and play one game, two games maximum a week. But for the client that's introduced, most clients, again, and again, we'll beat this dead horse because new people listen every week. Most people don't wager for profit. They wager Twenty percent of the American public is not wagering on the Super Bowl because they they care about having an edge. It's no different than going to a movie at six thirty Eastern Standard Time on Sunday night this week, where you've bought the tickets ahead of time and you're taking your family to a movie. That's all it is. It's entertainment. It's what I call worldwide wrestling, which we know is fake with money on it. That's basically the reason why most people can't treat their wagering as a business because again. The ego is what kills all these guys. People don't have egos about stocks and commodities, stuff that's boring. People have egos about their team. Or if I had a dollar for every guy that called you up or DM'd you on Instagram and told you that they have a system and they do well in this and they do well in that 
and they do well in it. Okay, do you have another job? Oh, yeah, I'm a full-time so-and-so. Okay, so you're doing so well, but you want to – it's like, to me, this is what I tell people. Calling us up, telling us how well you do with one sport out of the gazillion sports is like going to a doctor and telling and, and, and letting the doctor not do his job, and you want to brag about how healthy you are, and you don't need to change anything. It, it is really the definition of insanity. And it's why, like I said, I'm getting more nitty and gritty, and I'm we're it's why we're hot, uh, moving the bar higher with the type of clientele we choose to deal with. Look, let's let's let the listeners know that been following it. It's why Dave is not on the show. Dave is tired of dealing with the regular guy. Dave is basically only going to deal with the elite, well-funded businessman. Better, we're going to act as a conduit through him. He's had too much exposure to clients, DMing him on Instagram, irritating him when he gives out a free loser, not being appreciative when he gives out a free winner. The guy makes millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. He is this generation's Billy Walters. Why does he need to listen to some guy DMing him when they're drunk at one in the morning? And he basically had enough. He had to cleanse his soul of dealing with the uh, toxic part of the business, which is the gambler that is never satisfied. And again, it's funny because I quoted the two for the money movie on the redo of my website. You know, if you go on in, if you go on YouTube and you Google two for the money, Al Pacino loves to lose scene. I think that's the, you'll see that Al Pacino is in a, is in a, is in a uh, GA meeting, Mike. And he's saying, why are you all here? Love to lose the exhilaration the high, the excitement. This is what drives people, not the desire to win. Winning is boring. Winning is boring. I did a video breakdown of a client that is probably worth $100 million, calls me and he's upset he lost $1,900 in his fan bill. It's nonsense. So when you say why, 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 there is no why. The reality is our job is to educate and basically be the academy of business wagering I cannot tell you, Mike, and I've said it last week, and I don't know if it's because of the legalization of sports wagering. I, as someone who's been in doing this, really, and I can say this, you know, I can say this, and it's it's the truth. There really isn't anybody in this business longer than me, consecutively. I mean, I don't know many 15-year-old people that get a job and have the same job when they're 50, and never, not only the same job, there's a lot of people that are in the quote-unquote industry they're in their respective industries for decades, but they might go from one company to another company. You might be a car salesman for 40 years, Mike, and you might go from one dealer and then go to another dealer and then go to another dealer and then go to another dealer. I am in the same office, the same location for 35 years. And I got to tell you, as somebody that's been a veteran of this business, the amount of social media marketing that hits my accounts is insane. And it's all based on, I have a winner tonight, swipe up, get this free winner. I have a winner tonight, swipe up. I have a client texting me right now. And no, the reality is I don't believe, he said, our good friend Cal in Kansas City, who obviously is rooting for the Chiefs, he said, the clowns are ruining it for those who want to treat this like a business. Very frustrating not to get the opportunity here from Dave or others because these clowns don't want to treat this as a business. I feel you, I feel you, Cal. But the reality is, you know, if you don't develop, there's a skill of dealing with an end user 
the client, the unrealistic, irrational, dopamine-laden, um, excitable gambler that it comes with age and time. And, you know, let's be honest, Mike, you can attest to this because you deal with a lot more guys now than I do. We have reptile skin. You can yell. You can scream. You can text. Wah, 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 wah. We are like, uh, like psychologists to gamblers. It's like we don't care. It all rolls off. But if you're a normal human being in a normal world, you're not used to this aggression. I'll call it gambling aggression. And, and it's why I have my comments turned off on YouTube. It's why I have my comments turned off on, uh, on in, anything where there can be an interaction between gamblers, usually because unlike us, Mike, where we're real people, most of this industry are clowns, clowns, as Cal said, that hide behind um, just being no-name fabricated uh, personalities that don't actually have to deal with people. And so what I, what I can say is I don't blame Dave. I actually respect Dave for – I would rather Dave go th- – what did he go 3-1 and one last night, Mike? Yeah, he did. I would rather Dave not be on the show, not deal with any clients, and go three and one last night because he's focused on the prize, which is doing his work, which is why we reached out to him originally, than have him worrying about people sliding into his DMs, calling him a punk when he loses one game. Go ahead, Mike. That's uh, very well said. I mean, uh, just to add to that, um, you know, we set up for this. So they're originally for many years for those that are new to the show or new to being a subscriber. If you're already are a subscriber or looking to be a subscriber, Dave had his own Instagram channel for many years and he himself would have to answer all those DMS. Now it's transition where we hired a team that's answering for him as well to help him out because he just got sick and tired of it. Well then also to add another layer, we started a telegram, sorry, not a telegram channel. We started an Instagram channel that is me personally, that is connected to Dave. So he pushes all of the comments to me and all the requests to me because I could deal with them much swifter. Like, like John said, we have, you know, lizard skin doesn't even bother me one bit because at the end of the day, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants it for free. That's what it's, I think social media has given them the, the thought that good information is free. Because of that free pick, if you type in free picks on Google, you will get 10 million mm. people that will give you the Chiefs, and there will be 10 million people that give you the Eagles. And there will be 10 million people that give you the over and the under. Everybody's got an opinion. It's sports. What you're not getting for free is overnight bets. Even when we lose, I have a group text with Dave, and he'll tell me, even when he's running bad, he goes, I am doing the homework. I'm closing good. It doesn't matter. It all averages out. The clients, like we have a new client. He just joined last week. His name is Tim. Um, I had a great conversation with him this morning. Um, We were chatting back and forth, and he was saying, man, whether I win or lose, I am very happy that you guys are closing good. I'm happy to be a part of the service because he tortured me for about two months because he wasn't quite sure because of his bad experience or a bad taste in his mouth from what he saw from the touting side of this industry. So finally, he goes, I know, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an ex um, enforcement agent and, you know, I'm just, you know, I, this is the process I go through. I'm very skeptical. 
I'm ex-law enforcement. So, you know, now that he's on the other side, he's a sharp himself on the small scale. He does his own research. He just doesn't have the time to do it. So he subscribed to Telegram with Dave and gets access to all those overnight plays. And he was, regardless if the game doesn't win, he looks at the closing line versus the line that we give out. And he sees, man, you guys are closing better. Even on losses, you guys are closing. Then it's not 100%. There's injuries in NBA. That's why Dave now is 50-50 with overnight lines. A lot of the stuff he does at post because injuries are and player you know, rest management takes away from it. So he's not always doing overnight. But for college basketball, I'd say 80-90% we're doing overnight lines. And we're closing better on 80% of them. I haven't done the re- actual update for this week, but over the last month, that's what we were closing at. So that's the due diligence that we do. We don't deal with people that have opinions. We deal with guys that are moving very large amounts of money on these games themselves. Like just, just to be transparent, we had a group that um, was never in it for the consulting side, the soccer group. They were never in it to be able to just consult. They were worried they were going to lose their edge with giving away price. They just want to, their whole purpose was we need to get as much money down on these games as possible. Well, I made them, you know, open up their minds a little bit and be open-minded and say, look, you're, you're not going to lose value when you're betting this stuff internationally for guys that are in sectors of Colorado or in Maryland or in New Jersey, because all these books, even though they're all, let's say they're all DraftKings, they're all operated independently. And it's not all universal, which is unique because in the past, you know, the line moves, the line moves everywhere. So I got them to, to be transparent and say, look, you're not going to lose value. And if anything, from the consulting side, you will make an absolute fortune because I know you win. I've seen it in my accounts for many, many months. I know there's an opportunity, and that's what we are, right? We're, we're the people that deal with the clients because those groups, a la Dave, don't have time to deal with the, with the bullcrap. They don't have time to deal with people whining when they have a losing day or even a losing week. It doesn't matter to them. They know their percentages. Soccer is 8 to 9% yearly on your money wagered. So think about it. If you're going to spend a, mil- a million dollars, you're looking to make 90,000 profit. Not wager a million dollars in a month. I'm saying not even seasonally, but annually. So we finally started. We worked out a deal with them. I was very fortunate to, to, to get to get the ball rolling now for two weeks they're i mean they're rolling and they're closing good and they're all overnight plays if not two to three days because soccer is kind of like um football where you have games that are scheduled for the weekend and they're not playing like nba they're not playing every single night so you're getting those opening lines and you're getting the sharp lines and they're very diligent they say if the line moves by a point it's a no play Because they realize that with their closing value edge, if they stick to it, you're going to make money. When you start chasing and you're buying more juice, because in soccer it's money lines, 
when you're not getting the correct goal line, which with soccer, for those that don't know, Asian handicapping is unique, is where you could have, if you're minus a quarter goal and, and the game is a tie, you lose half your bet. And if you're plus a quarter goal, then if the game is a push or tie, um, you win half your bet. So it's it's not just even money. But if you're getting worse lines and now you're losing a full wager versus a half wager, all that stuff adds up at the end of the day. So, you know, we're here doing our – I mean, we have so much information from groups. And when I try to – like, I have a client currently that's a potential new client. Um, he's out of Florida. He He wants to do business with Dave. He, he gives me the whole spiel, how he's committed. He's got a very large bankroll. And I tell him our fees, and it's like he's he's dumbfounded. It's like, well, uh, I have a good system. I'm like, sir, you run, you run a car dealership. That's the luck. That's the luck. You think you can – you're too busy. Do you understand when you're following our streamlined Telegram access, it takes you no more than five minutes a day? It takes you – Shorter time to follow Telegram than to eat a sandwich. And you're worried about it takes too much time. And it's like, I think at some point, people have to rise above and stop being a little ignorant and understand that we have the ability to make people very large sums of money because we are connected to the max in 2023 than I've ever been in this industry. We have more outlets and more access to different programs and different types of ways you could diversify. Crypto market, done. Nobody's making money in crypto right now. That's not happening. Stock market, extremely tough to actually make some large profits unless you're in some, you know, some long plays that obviously you're just letting them play out. But in day trading, unless you're paying somebody to manage your account, you're not making money day trading if you're running a car dealership. So why do you think you can make money betting games? So it's, you know, it's almost like I have to take the approach like you've been saying for a few weeks where you're 50, you have no time for all this insanity. It's like time to get real with these clients. And I have to, t- I'm 40. I have to take the same approach. I'll tell you what, when this, when my site goes live and you see the the qualifications to deal with me, it's you, for all the people that are already dealing with me, they're going to be very happy that they're already dealing with me because there's guys that wouldn't be dealing with me once they could see the, 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 the new launch of the new website. And that's fine. Like I said, in the end of the day, when I, I you know, you mentioned the stock market and day trading and crypto, um, all my clients know I am an active trader. Uh, I trade the financial markets all day long. I even trading right now while we're on the air. Like I love it. The way, the way I, I trade, the markets is the way that Brian would bet on horses. We would literally be in the studio and he would just have his laptop up and he would just be betting the horses while he was on the radio. Um, so well, Dave, that Dave was, was doing bet, that during that, the show as well. Every time Dave right, was exactly. sending me NBA games exactly. during the show. Exactly. Live. It's like how your and brain is programmed, right? It's how your brain is programmed. You're just in it. Like this is your lifestyle. So, 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 but the, but the thing, but the thing is, is that, I don't care about losing the same way Dave doesn't care about losing. So I could be in a trade and be down. I know my risk before I make the trade. So I have a stop loss. Your stop loss if you're a sports better is how much are you betting on the game? 
It's predefined. It's the same thing when you're trading. The first thing you learn when you're trading to go from a losing trader to a winning trader is what are you willing to lose on that trade? Again, how are you going to make money with $1,900 or $2,000 in your FanDuel account? You wouldn't open up a trading account and trade uh, some $1,000 stock like uh, Chipotle is like $1,600 a share. So wrap your head around that. You ever go and get a burrito at Chipotle? Mike? No, I don't eat, I don't eat burritos. Too heavy. You've never gone to Chipotle in your life? Come I get on. a burrito bowl. I don't get a okay, burrito. So you've gone, but, okay, but you've gone there, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Spend many, about many 10 bucks. Send about 10 bucks, 15 bucks, nah, right? Oh. Like 15, yeah. Not 10. Okay. The stock is $1,631 for one share right now while we're on the air at 1245 Eastern Standard Time. Think about that. You spent $15, one stock. So I, I know guys that will trade this active stock. It's down $91 today. I'm not a financial advisor, but I'm trying to make a point. How is someone going to open you, that person that trades this high beta, meaning the stock has an intraday range. It's a huge range, down $91 right now, down 5.5% for the day. So People that are day traders love this stock because they can make 100 points in either directions, going long, going short. How are you going to open up a trading account with $1,900 to trade one share of a stock? So what I find is the stock market, because of the, the, the stocks that move, it keeps the riffraff away. And my whole contention with the online legal wagering, and again, Everybody asks us, business must be booming, business must be booming, business must be booming. They don't understand it's it's appealing to the the 20-year-old kid. And again, we're talking about it's like my son opening an account, working a part-time job, making $400 a week, who sticks $100 of his money into a FanDuel account once he's 21 and he's legal. This is not the world of I'm going to take $100 and become a professional gambler. And I think that because we didn't have social media when I first got into this business, it was all old school. It was TV, radio, and newspapers. That was it. You weren't enticed by the insanity of Marco Pimonte, who owns a car dealership or 20 car dealerships in Chicago. Again, if he's listening, nothing but love, but nobody cares about your stupid parlays. You have 15 car dealerships. Give it up already. That's just a desire, a narcissistic desire to be followed on social media. Who cares if you hit a parlay for $3 million because you put up $80,000? It's irrelevant. You're still selling 20 cars in an hour. Who cares? So, the, But if you're 20 or you're 21 and you have this $100 that you stuck in your account and you got a free bonus, and then they do super boost odds, boost plays, extra this, parlay. You're you are just literally leading down somebody. You're leading down. You're leading someone down the path of a way to wager, which never long term will be profitable. Can we agree on that, Mike? Never long term will be profitable. It's impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but you have less than. Long term, long term. Hey, never know. Some of these guys. I mean, I have seen it. We we had a client, I think, in the spring that ran his account. It was he was good. He was good at hitting these crazy parlays, and he did his research. Um, I do believe there's other ways to make money. I just I've never seen it. 
I don't have the strategy for it. I think positive CLV trading is the only low volatile option. Um, I mean, I have a client, not a client. It was, he's a friend, but, um, he was telling me about, um, he was showing me his accounts from baseball last year and he got booted from a couple books. And I mean, he basically tracks overs only. There's a way that he tracks. There's, there's a, it's a weather contingent type system because baseball is very, you know, weather is a place of much bigger factor in baseball than it does in any other sport. I mean, football a little bit, but they still, sometimes it doesn't even matter with baseball, the biometric pressure and the way the ball carries and specific parks and specific teams, the bats, they get hot. He had a certain way that he went about it and he was a round robin monster and he was very successful. He doesn't say this about any other sport. He doesn't say, hey, I am. So again, you're, what you're saying, you are correct. Long term, no. If he just stuck to baseball and that's all he did year round, he probably would be a successful, a better. But he just, he had a system. He gave me his, you know, what he did for the homework. It's a lot of work. I mean, he's in, you know, uh, you know, he's in, he's in this realm of what we're in. He's in broadcasting and he has time for it. Said so I spend literally every morning two to three hours, every single day, seven days a week during baseball, doing my homework, and then I put out these round robins every single night with overs. So that that's a client. If I did talk to him over the phone and he gave me that much content, I would believe him. But the guy that tells me, "Yeah, I have a good opinion," how much time do you spend? I don't know. 15, 20 minutes and you're successful. Yeah, I'm successful of late. That's always, they always say I'm successful of late. Do you ever know what your P and L is for the, for your lifetime? No, you could, you could track that on FanDuel. No, no, no. I never knew. I never know. Of course you don't because you're, you're not treating this like a business. You're simply treating it as a hobby and you have no idea if you're up or down, you're just up right now. So, you know, those guys, unfortunately, it's harder to break those bad habits because they're coming off of a run and they expect it to continue. And unfortunately, the guys that have submitted. Well, and said, let me let me interject with with like 10 minutes left. The, the run is is a imaginary, hallucinatory, delusional run. And I'm going to keep preaching this forever. So if you guys get tired of listening, don't tune in. This is. 99.99% of all bettors do not withdraw money from their accounts. So remember, unless you're dealing with a local guy and you're settling up weekly on credit, those runs are hallucinatory, delusional, and fantasy unless you make a withdrawal. And how many stories have we had where a guy ran his account from 10 grand to 30 and he goes, I just want to get it to 50 and then I'm going to make a withdrawal. And then he gets it to 50. He goes, man, I just want to get it to 85 and I'll get, and then he gets to 85. He goes, I just want to get it to a hundred K and then I'm a hundred percent making a withdrawal. And he hits like 99 five. And then all of a sudden the guy goes on the reverse variance train and takes that 99 five all the way back to zero. How many times have you heard that, Mike? We had it happen last two New Year's Eve ago, right? Guy had 100 Gs in his account, woke up the next morning with zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
it, we we've we've heard a lot. Um, so you remember, years, guys, if you're listening, if you don't hit the cash out button, and I don't mean the cash out while the game's playing live, I mean the actual withdrawal button. It is just an adult video game. That's it. You might as well go to GameStop, buy the PS5 for a nickel, and have some fun, and it won't cost you as much that's, money. That's that's really funny too. Because I just went in there yesterday. More, more, more like a dime. Okay, well the guy had one for four ninety nine. You can, I can tell you where it is. You can really? get it. PS5, yeah, right up near, right up near your house. Could have bought it and next to that. It. Next to ne- next to the uh, next to the uh, you could the, you the chicken bought place. It and you turned me up. You can go right there after the radio show. Uh, He (laughs) offered me $33 for my PS1, by the way, for everyone listening. Nice. $33. That's a a collector's item. I said, I'm just going to keep it. I'm not giving you. I don't need $33 that bad. So, you know, the point is, it is an adult video game. Think about it. The advent of online betting, the online trading, it is just basically no different than an adult version of a video game with money. Um, So, again, you have to be aware of that, that no matter, people literally go to bed in a good mood when they win because they log into their account balance before they last and they do before they go to sleep and they see, oh, their balance has increased. Okay, who cares if you're never going to make a withdrawal? Who cares? I I used to do that. Years ago, I used to do that. Log in. (laughs) Of course you did. Now, it's literally, I'm asleep before the late games even start. (laughs) I get it. Don't care. I don't get any text anymore. I, something changed, man. I think this year I don't get text anymore. I don't get, man, this sucks or good job. Like, I think it's just we've we've done such a good job of educating people for how to do this successfully. And it's less stress for them that I think, at least with our clientele on Telegram, they're seasoned. To, to understand, and they're excited oh. when we bring new opportunities to them. Exactly, because uh, perception is 99% of the issue. I, I've talked to many financial traders that trade the financial markets and consider themselves traders, and then when the markets close and they get off work and the market closes at 4 o'clock and they go home and they log into their legal account at, at 6.30, 6.45, in their mind, they're not trading, they're gambling. And so when you when you when you have that crossover that the perception of the financial markets and the sports markets are the same, you then can begin to actually do all the right things. If in your mind you're you it's gambling. It's just gambling. And again, look at the marketing. None of the marketing, none of the commercials, none of the massive billions spent on at customer acquisition are anything other than enticing a gambler. There's nothing about CLV. You wouldn't, you could never find out about CLV in a commercial or an article based upon uh, new legalized wagering. So what happens basically is you are appealing to the lowest common denominator, a gambler. And then so that gambler could also be someone on Wall Street who's a talented financial trader. I've talked to many a financial trader that go, wow, I didn't realize it was the same thing. And they're already doing it as their day job. So let's get back to the Super Bowl because we've got a couple minutes left. Mike, you can give out your free predictions. Everybody wants to know. Howard Stern gave out his guaranteed lock. He said Rihanna will have an umbrella in her hand. What does Mike say? We are talking about 62% of the general public on Philadelphia ticket count right now, 55% on the over. Tell me, what do you say? Break it down for us. So, so we'll just because we always give our predictions, um, Dave had already put it in. Dave had got the early good line with Kansas City at two and a half. 
that was already given out last Monday. So you're talking, you know, 13, 14 days, well, 12 days ago. So I believe in my gut and I'm, to me, the Super Bowl doesn't have any more emphasis than any other game. So I, I honestly don't care. I'm more of a prop better if it comes down to it, but I, in my gut, I probably won't bet it, but I do believe the Eagles will probably win. I hate to say it in my gut. Something's telling me if you want a good prop, you take Jalen Hurts, MVP, parlay that with the Eagles to win it. Or if you really like the Chiefs, don't just bet the Chiefs money line. Uh oh, cows, cows, and I know he's not happy. I know he's me up on text right now. Go Chiefs, go Chiefs. I know, but again, I, I he got him at two. He got him at two and a half. So again, look, Dave can win. And Philly can win. So, I mean, look, we're talking about, are we talking about the spread? Are we talking, I mean, look, you could see it, it could be a one point game, two point game. Anything's possible. You, you, Kansas City plus t- uh, two and a half cover. And then Philly, I mean, again, we're talking about such a, a low spread. I don't really think it matters, but do you think that's a possibility? It could be that close of a game. What I like, yes, it's going to be absolutely a very close game. They're both stellar number one, number two offense. I mean, they're, Philly's defense is great. Kansas City's is not as good, but it's one game, one Sunday. Anybody could win. So just just to close it out, I do have a really good prop that's even money that you don't have to watch the whole game to get. Uh, Cal, please don't scold me on this one. Eagles over one and a half touchdowns in the first half is minus 110. That's a personal prop that I like a lot. I think they're going to start off hot. Um, I don't care what the score is. I hope the score is 14 to 14 at half. I don't even care if the score is 28 to 14 Kansas City at half because that would mean that the, the Eagles got over one and a half touchdowns on a defense that I do believe is beatable. So that's, I'm sticking to it. That's what and I let's want. just remember, as a spread better, the worst team in NFL against the spread this season was. Oh, look, Cal just texted me. It's a good prop. Cal said good prop, ah, so he's not there we go. He's not scoring. So, 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 like I said, before the music comes, just so you know, Kansas City is 7-11 and 11 and 1 ATS. Um, and so Philadelphia is 10-9. and 9. Can you believe that, Mike? One game over 500 ATS. Yes, uh, like I said, all season long, Mahomes and uh, Brady were the two worst teams to bet on, hemorrhaging money for the betters. And, uh, so I, I don't believe the spread comes into play. I believe if Kansas City covers, Kansas City wins. And if Kansas City continues to do what they do, which is never cover, then they won't win. And that's how I'm going to play diplomatically. Obviously, if you have the plus two and a half, it's just one game. It's part of the CLV puzzle. And that's it. We'll know next just week like when we that. come back. We'll know next week when we come back. Good day and good luck. Enjoy the Super Bowl. That's- 